0: Welcome to my podcast. I'm Kushi Verma and you are listening to Conversation for Change. And today we have Akash Rathi with us. Akash is a digital marketing strategist at Google. He did postgraduate programming management from Indian School of Business in 2020. And previously he did Bachelor's of Commerce from Nursi Monje College. He has also worked at Shabang as senior integrated media strategist, and after that, he worked as product marketing manager at Drizzle. Akash, welcome to my podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you, Kushi.
0: So, Akash, tell us about your journey to climbing up this ladder of success.
1: Okay. Um, I wouldn't say I'm already at the, uh, at the pinnacle of my successes, but let's just okay. say I'm on, that, on the, on the paths to that. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I am a finance graduate. Um, yeah. um, I realized very early on in my uh, time at, at, at the college uh, that finance is not exactly what I want to do in life. Yeah. Uh, so I took up one elective in advertising in my second year. And I think that that elective kind of changed my perspective towards what I want to do in in life. And I decided um, I don't want to pursue anything in finance and I want to do advertising. So you can well imagine how it must have been for someone who has zero understanding of what advertising is to suddenly try to change careers. So uh, post my undergrad, I looked for, I did not sit for placements because all the placements were for finance. Uh, So I applied outside and... uh, to a lot of companies. One of the few companies that I applied to was Shabang uh, and they got back to me. Um, how I got to them is a whole different story in itself. But uh, I ended up joining uh, Shabang as a uh, media strategist. So, so Shabang took a bet on me that this guy somehow managed to pick up and do something in advertising and I took a bet on Shabang who at that time were a very small company and now they are obviously a 600 plus people organization. So that was my initial uh, foray into advertising and how I got into advertising. I think I learned more from watching ads and uh, watching Mad Men than anything else or any book could have taught me uh, about advertising. So that's how I got into advertising.
0: Wow. So you, what directly made you to go in advertising? Like you were doing MBA in finance, right? Similarly happens. No, stores, I- yeah.
1: Yeah, I was doing my undergrad in finance. My MBA was uh, after, so I after my undergrad, I worked for two years at Shebang, and post that I uh, came to ISB, did my MBA this time in marketing and strategy, and uh, profit post that.
0: That's great. So it must have helped you, right, doing MBA in marketing.
1: Oh yeah. So uh, while. You know, a lot of things you learn while working. So I learned a lot at Shabang and it was a great experience. Mm -hmm. There definitely were a lot of things which uh, I did not know. Uh, Especially uh, when you you work in the industry, you're working in a particular function. So -hmm. you come to know a lot about that function. So I knew a lot about, you know, what advertising and media planning and media strategy was. But I did not know how it all connected well into a holistic business strategy which is what I learned at ISB, and which is what ISB helped me in uh, growing as a person in the sense that now I not only knew what media strategy and how to manage media and how to manage marketing dollars, but also how to connect that to business objectives and business goals for companies and helping them grow uh, their business multifold via a good marketing strategy. So that's what I learned at ISB, and that's how it helped me in uh, becoming a better marketer. Yeah, that's
0: great. So uh, Shabang, you know, is one of my dream company that I want to work with. I really like their mission and vision they are doing. It's a startup, right? But why did you left Shabang?
1: I saw um I thoroughly enjoyed my time at Shabang. And trust me, Mr. Harshil Karya was the Shabang uh, exactly. uh, is so gonna exactly. be very happy.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Who's going to be very happy if, if I told him that I met someone who was uh, who, who told me that uh, they dream at working at Shabang because trust me, that's been his goal and objective throughout. Uh, I think I learned a lot from him and also my former boss at Shabang, uh, Mehrzat Piranja, who's currently a CLO at um, IID. I don't know whether you've heard of them or not. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, so uh, definitely a lot of love for the company. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed my time. They gave me a lot of opportunity. Uh, there was no one particular reason apart from the fact that I wanted to pursue a master's degree, uh, mm. which is why I left Shabang. And uh, I think I, I left on a very positive note with Shabang. Uh, I still have a lot of conversations with uh, Harshil and others whenever I get a chance to, or on some or the other topic. Uh, mm. It's a very healthy relationship that I have with them even now. And I do respect them beyond anything, you know, they are, they are always going to be very close to my heart being the first company I worked for. Um, so yeah, definitely uh, nothing uh, nothing that prevented me from working further at Shabank, just the fact that I had a different career uh, goal to, the, to achieve and that's why I left Shabank. But uh, would highly recommend them to anybody who wants to yeah. get an exposure to advertising and who wants to understand and watch advertising very closely from an agency standpoint.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. And after working at Shabang, you went to ISP. And after yes. ISP, you get placed at Rizil.
1: No, so that's a very interesting story. So, uh, at ISP I had multiple offers that I had uh, placements. Um, mm-hmm. I I chosen a company called MoEngage
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and my role was supposed to be uh, uh, growth manager in international markets.
0: Wow.
1: But this is but this is 2020 that we are talking about. So yeah. around the time I was to graduate, uh, lockdowns hit very hard and it, was, it became very, very difficult for, you know, and my role quite essentially is the international market. So if I can't travel, I can't really do my role. So yeah. the company ended up canceling our offers. Mm. Um, I don't want to judge the company for why they did it or why, what was the rationale behind it. I'm assuming they had their reasons for, you know, not being able to take, uh, take people on board, even on a, even on a gap or something. But it's okay, it came as a boon in disguise because uh, post that I started looking for a lot of other opportunities that I could find. One of the, in fact, not one of the first, the first company that got back to me was Rizil. Um, And I interviewed with them with all effort and all my energy. And um, to their credit, they were very reciprocative. They were very supportive. So I actually ended up starting one week before I was originally supposed to start at, uh, at MoEngage. So I started at Rizzle, and uh, they they welcomed me with open arms. Uh, a, a great company again. Uh, I still have a great relationship with them also. And uh, with Rizzle, I learned a lot very quickly because one uh, Rizzle was a very high high pace environment that I was operating in. Uh, there were objectives that the company had that they wanted to achieve quite soon, and I while I was always focused towards marketing product wasn't something that I had explored before. But yeah. now my role was being a product marketing manager. So while the marketing part was easy to manage, the product part definitely came with its challenges. So for me, I quite quite uh, the moment I knew that I was going to join this company, I have spent 10 days just reading up everything that I could on product management and how I can at least try to learn a few things yeah. before I start my role. And then uh, the assistance I got from... Um, the, from Mr. Lakshminath who was uh, one of the co-founders mm-hmm. uh, was great. He helped me a lot in understanding how product management operates and how I can connect the two parts, one of which I knew and the other one that I was learning and together we could, uh, I could pick up. Uh, it just so happens that in about a month and a half s time Google got back to me. Uh, they interviewed me in April itself but uh, due to COVID and restrictions uh-huh. they also did not know in what he was heading so they got back to me in, let's say, mid-July, not mid-July, mid-June. And about that time, I decided that, okay, that is an opportunity that I want to pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, very cordial relationships, still till date with Rizzle and the management there. Uh, they've been very, very supportive. And from there, I transitioned to Google as a marketing strategist uh, uh, in June, in July of 2020. So, yeah. That's
0: wonderful. Like COVID was a difficult time for each of us, but you still made it to go through good, good happening things. So yeah,
1: uh, it was a scary period because um, I just completed an MBA, which is not exactly cheap, uh, and uh, you know there's that's a lot of other things that you're involved with when you there. You did well at placements, not like you did bad or anything, but you still lost your offer because of no fault of your own. So from that, it was a very dark let's say 13 to 15 days where i was struggling through you know what to do next how to go about it uh, that whole process of you know applying to a lot of companies and not hearing back from anybody because of covid was very very scary but um, like you say i mean uh, you if you keep if you keep at it if you persevere a little bit and if you keep at it you'll you'll eventually find something or the other um, i had a great support network in terms of my my batchmates at isb i don't think you know, it would be very, it would be possible to, you know, just go through it very easily or calmly if it wasn't for the support that I had. Uh, so many friends reached out, so many friends in, you know, in some or the other way try to help. Uh, I know all of them and I, I do appreciate every single one of them every time I get a chance to. Uh, and, you know, with that and then obviously your own perseverance, I could figure out my way, you know, first with Rizal and then eventually at Google. So, yeah.
0: That's great. So we can say networking really helped you to land up in in these jobs, right? Um,
1: uh, Rizzle, yes, Rizzle, would not have been possible without you know having a good network because uh it 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 was a reason why I could make it there. So yeah, definitely.
0: And after working at but, Google, yeah, at Google. Yeah, but Google
1: even you're like your Uh, Even in general, like your network plays a very, very critical role in how you want to operate and how you want to, you know, uh, go about talking to people and getting the, getting an understanding of them. And, you know, a network is a two way thing. The more you give back, the more the network gives back to you. So I have, I'm trying to give back as much as I can now that I have received a little bit. And uh, yeah, that's been my understanding and motto towards having a network. Wow. And how's your experience at working at Google? Each of us wants to so I, Google, right? Yeah. So, um, I'd say uh, you know people need to uh, Google is a great employer, uh, but also that you know people need to stop fantasizing so much about you know you know how how you treat them like any other company and like any other work and any other great company, and that is when you will actually. Realize how Google is better because if you treat them like you know some pedestal company and everything, you will probably not really enjoy your time that much. But if you treat them like any other company, and then you will realize, oh, they do this better. Oh, they have so many processes which make life easier for employees and so and so way. So that's how I would look at it. Uh, my uh, I, I came from startups to startups, and now to enter into an organization which is uh, which is now close to two trillion dollars it was a very different, different transition. So uh, for me, my understanding uh, at Google was very clear that um, I wanted to learn how this entire scale operates because the scale is very different when you are at Google versus, you know, being at a, being at a small startup. Yeah. Uh, so I learned a lot about, you know, how they have transitioned or how they have built processes which help in scaling. So, and that is what I would, Um, reiterate that Google working at Google is about scale it's about impact at large it's about touching a lot of lives and uh, you know understanding how it impacts uh, people and how you can build a better solution for let's say your clients or your or or the consumers and have a great relationship uh, while maintaining while maintaining a great work-life balance so that's something that I learned at Google that's
0: wonderful so currently you are working from home. So how do you manage work along with your life? Like how do you have that perfect work-life balance?
1: Yeah, see, uh, so uh, it, it, it does get difficult at times. Um, yeah. I'm, just, I'm not going to lie to you I say and say that, okay, it's been very easy to manage. No, there's definitely a learning curve. You need to understand how to build boundaries uh, in terms of where work begins and where work ends. Um, for me, I, I kind of try to manage a 9 to 5 routine, mm-hmm. where I kind of start my day at 9 and end my day at 5. Uh, that doesn't mean the work ends in those hours. It just means that I try to keep my meeting time during those those hours. And uh, uh, I can work whenever I want to. That's not really something that you know uh, Google really bothers about. They, they are happy as long as you finish your work. Uh, so yeah, so I operate from that understanding that my meeting time is very strictly that because every other time, I, if it is just me who's working, I can alter my own time. I can work at my own pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my meeting time is dependent on another another uh, stakeholder. So I always try to keep that during my work hours, not not beyond it. Um, another thing that has worked for me is having mandatory stops. So there is uh, 5.30 p.m. every day. I go with a friend of mine uh, to go for cycling or go for a normal walk. Now, that's my me time. I've uh-huh. kept that aside. No matter what is happening, no matter what fire is burning, I'm going to take that time off. It's a different story that I may come back and at 9 o'clock, I might start working again and finish off work at 11 in the night. But that's up to me. That's my decision of what I wanted. So I, what I've tried to understand is you to make time for things that matter. And uh, for me, those those certain elements of, you know, having dinner with my family together, having, uh, going for cycling every day with my friend, those are times that I like to keep to myself and spend as own. So I make time for those and rest of it is, you know, it doesn't really, uh, in, in this environment, you don't have to, you, you are saving a lot on your travel, you're saving a lot on, you know, uh, needless time that you might have wasted in other situations. So... You anyway, do get, uh, get into a routine after a while and it becomes a lot easier to manage. Yeah. But yeah, that's how I manage my time.
0: I totally agree with you that having a me time is very important to just de-stress yourself from all the workload we have. So, uh, tell us about your hobbies and your interests. What do you do?
1: So, uh, I read a lot, but mm-hmm. not, not, not books but I rather read articles. I am a voracious reader of articles. I read almost 100-150 articles a day. Uh, They don't don't necessarily have to be longer articles, but I do read a lot. Uh, Mm. So that kind of is, you know, one of the things that I enjoy, you know, keeping up with the day, you know, it helps me build a better perspective of my business also, because I operate in the India market. I need to understand the e-commerce segment a lot better. So I keep looking at trends that I can understand and relate back to. So Mm. that's one thing. Other than that, I have I really picked up on cycling during the lockdown. Uh, so I really enjoy that part also. I, I I roughly cycle 10 to 20, 10 to 15 kilometers a day. And that's something that I've, you know, kind of kept close to my heart. Uh, other than that, um, I enjoy watching a lot of TV shows. Uh, but uh, I have a strict time limit on it. Like I watch two hours... Let's, that's that's the max I can do a day I cannot actually I don't have the patience to watch more than that Um, I just cannot recall how I used to binge on something uh, while I was at college and how uh, how easy it was to binge on something it just feels a lot difficult now uh, with you know work and everything coming along to you know uh, go for a binge and even on weekends I like to spend my time going out meeting a lot of people so I don't necessarily get that that you know that seven, eight hours of stretch you want to you know just binge on a show, so that's not possible anymore. But um, I think um, let's say a week is how I watch my TV show now. So maybe an episode a day or or two episodes a day. Um, but yeah, I spend my weekends trying to uh, meet as many people as I can because mm-hmm. the week is anyway very less in-person interaction due to work. So. Mm-hmm. My weekends I reserve so that I have more in-person interaction as much as I can. Of course, with COVID protocol, wherever possible. So that's, that's, that's been the way I look at my
0: routine. That's amazing. And you know, health aspect is also very important. Our body is not designed to always sit in front of the laptops for 12 hours, right? So you said you also do cycling in the evening, which makes you happy, right? But most yeah. of the people are uh, ignore this aspect of health. But it's important, right?
1: How do you manage? Yeah, it? So, yeah, so people who have who are ignorant about it could have their own reasons of why they have been in been, been ignorant about it. Yeah. Could be you know work stress, could be something else, anything. But I would just say this: um, with the kind of lifestyles we are we are living and we are operating in. Yeah. Um, your, your health is going to catch up to you so if you continue to ignore if you continue to do this I mean I understand a, a short burst of time if this is happening for let's say a few days or a, or a month also at at a stretch yeah but if you let this continue along if you let this this become a habit if you let this become your lifestyle in general yeah. I think your health is going to catch up with you very very quickly and you're not going to really enjoy the effects of having that I recently got COVID and had to recover from it. Uh, on on day one of resuming my my workout routine and my training, yeah. uh, I was panting after after one and a half two kilometers of yeah. running, which is not something that used to happen to me before. Mm-hmm. So um, something you know, COVID is something you don't have really a lot of control over. So uh, and and it still got me got such so much of an impact on on me and my regular routine. So. Imagine if you let your health catch up to you and if you know if, if, if you let other ailments come to you, how worse can it be? So yeah. um, I think no matter what you are doing or no matter how busy your life is yeah. uh, I think if you don't prioritize your health now you will probably not have a life to to go on with when it when, when you are in your 60s or in your in your late 50s or, or 70s so yeah that's how I look at it.
0: Yeah, it is. It is very important. In the long term, if we don't take care of our health right now, then it can be a very problematic for us. Okay, so you are working as a digital marketing strategist at Google, but uh, what work you do in reality, like do you run those ad campaigns or what do you do?
1: So I, if I were to describe my role, it's more about strategy and less about execution. It's it's uh, it's a lot more about you know, uh, right now, let's say there are clients in the country who operate with Google, who essentially want to advertise on Google platforms, yeah. but they do probably don't know the best way of going about it, yeah. or if they do know the if they do know a way, they probably don't know how to leverage every resource available to them. So mm-hmm. it is my job to build a strategy for them. So that they best utilize Google's resources to get the best results for their own brand. So essentially, I help them in understanding, you know, these are the actions. If you were to take them, you will see better results. And with better results, obviously, you will grow as a company. So that is my role. My role is to ensure Google's clients get the best results out of Google as a platform. And that's the mission and goal that I operate with in general also but that's also my job so that's what uh, drives me to you know continue in my role
0: yeah so um each of us know that google takes a lot of care of its employees but do you think, think in some ways it is lenient about the productivity of their employees do you think so
1: I don't think uh, being nice to your employees has to come at the cost of productivity. I think each company can be nice to their employees and not take a hit on productivity. In fact, the nicer you are, the more productive your employees are because they also feel less inclined to move out of the role. Uh, they also feel less inclined to you know, just constantly switch between other companies. So you are retaining your employees. You are keeping your, keeping your employees happy is never going to reduce productivity. Uh, that much I can assure um, your listeners that, you know, that's not how it operates. In fact, uh, productivity targets are extremely stringent also at Google and it is obviously uh, a challenge to achieve them and it can consistently achieve them. And Google has a very rigorous uh, appraisal process that happens every uh, twice every year, not once. So mm-hmm. the, the the chance mm-hmm. or the expectation that, you know, okay it sounds like they are very lenient on their employees that's not really true they are just nicer to their employees in comparison to a lot of other companies and uh, without you know and i don't even need to name any other companies it's just in general they are they are a lot nicer and that's how you should be like that's how that's how you should be to your employees you should treat your employees well and your employees will want to continue working where you where they are and continue working operating in the role that they are in and uh, that Uh, with combined with the appraisal processes that are already set up inside the company and the observation on metrics that they follow, you will not lack at all. And in fact, your productivity numbers will go up if nothing else.
0: That's
1: true, I think. To activate, think about it from this standpoint. Nobody's asking me to, you know, put in that extra effort or sometimes, you know, go overboard. But it is my my job, it's my role, it's my it's my work, and I want to do good at my work. So even if it, if it means you know putting in that extra effort, then I'm and I'm happy with it. Uh, so without the company trying to force me or without the company trying to ask me to do it, I'm doing it on my own. Because I know that you know they will support me when I need some time and they will be there when I need some some assistance. So uh, it's a quick pro the nicer you are to your employees, the more they care about you, the more they want to work for you. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And tell us about how many exciting projects you come across and challenges you face, even though working at Google.
1: So I can't really talk about the, you know, kind of kind of the project that I'm working on. Those, those, okay. those are, I'm part of the NDA. So I'm not allowed to work, uh, talk yeah. about that. No All I can say is that in general, uh, I work on quite a lot of projects together. Uh, one of the projects that I'm working on uh, makes me work with at least uh, 30 to 40 stakeholders across the world. Uh, I interact with uh, people in greater China. I interact with people in Japan. I interact with people in, uh, people in Europe. I interact with people in the Americas. And I think that exposure is something that I have really, really enjoyed uh, during my time on that particular project, and uh, it also gives you a lot broader worldview because see, we are uh, we, India is a big country. India is a very growing market. Oftentimes, we we don't we don't really see the need, and there is no and in a lot of cases there is no need for going beyond our borders because we the our market itself is so huge that we are more focused on it. But it does help to get a perspective of what is happening in some other regions. It does help to understand, you know, how the world is operating and to learn from them and uh, the good parts at least and bring them back to our own country. And it also does uh, a, a brilliant job of our own branding because we also take the good parts from our from us and teach the mm-hmm. rest of the world, which brands us uh, in, their, in their minds. So mm-hmm. I think it's a two-way street. We learn from them and we also teach them whatever is great and in general have a great... Uh, great project or a great solution to work on. So this collaborative approach, this whole opportunity of collaboration across the globe is something that Google provides. And it's something that, you know, people really respect people, really enjoy and people really learn a lot from. Yeah, That's wonderful.
0: Like I'm feeling quite surprising that outside the world, it's all about collaboration, right? But uh, you know what, all these things are not taught to us since our schools or colleges. So it becomes difficult. So how do you manage to have these skills in you?
1: I think uh, while there are a lot of lapses in our you know education system and there is no question about it, uh, I'd say I was fortunate enough to uh, be part of a very humble, but a very, very Strong school with a lot of very very strong ethic code. With it, um, I studied from Rachna School in Ahmedabad. Uh, mm-hmm. My teachers took a lot more interest and a lot more effort behind every student and in, in you know ensuring that they got a good upbringing, they got a good good understanding of their basics. So I had a I was fortunate enough to get a very very uh, uh, strong base to talk about. And, and not really because, you know, the school was expensive or anything. The school was very humble in, in its own core. In fact, their motto is simplicity. They operated in that manner. Everything was designed to be inclusive and equal for every student who came from any background. Uh, and certainly I was one of them. I was one of them who benefited from the school pursuing this kind of a strategy. And uh, that built a very strong background for me. But that being said, see, you need to understand that uh, the limitations of the system are there. Yeah. And the system is is changing, but it is going to take a lot of time for the change to be reflected into, you know, actual meaningful actions. Uh, it's like saying that, you know, if, if, if there was, if there were better, you know, uh, if there was a better curriculum, yes, it would have an impact on a lot of other things. But mm-hmm. curriculum doesn't change overnight. It takes time, it takes deliberation, it takes context to, you know, be able to change curriculum. So you cannot expect that that is going, that is a change that is going to be driven overnight. While that is in the process, I think sometimes you need to also help yourself. And uh, uh, there are enough and more people who are willing to help you if you, if you ask for it, uh, I would like, uh, you know, I, it's, it's, it's about, you know, how Dumbledore in, uh, this was a Harry Potter fan. If, if, if it's like how Dumbledore said, you know, help uh-huh. is given to those who ask for it. So. Yeah, so that's, it's it's about that. So if if, if someone was to come to me and ask for help, I'm very happy to help and guide and assist in, in some of the other way. In whatever way I can in the time I have available. So, uh, but then there are a lot of people like me who are giving back to the society in whatever way they can. And one of the ways is by helping other people not go through the same issues and not go through the same problems that we had to face while we were working on our career and while we were trying to build our career. Yeah. So I'd say, That is something that that is always there. Uh, I think LinkedIn is a great platform that people can leverage in order to reach out to other people, build their network and everything. But don't even think about that. Think about examples in your own vicinity. If you're seeing someone do well, uh, please go and ask them what they are doing and how you can try to implement that in your own life. It doesn't hurt to know what somebody else has done. Nobody's forcing you to do the same thing. Nobody's forcing you to follow that same path but just knowing different perspectives can probably broaden your current horizons to understand better to to implement things better in your life maybe you just hear something up from some from them which might help you in your life and your career so having conversations with people around having more understanding of what is happening in the world and obviously there is no shortcut to hard work but there definitely are uh, tips that you can take, that at least your hard work is in the right direction uh, I think I believe that you know there is no shortcut to hard work, but there definitely is a shortcut to finding the right direction. And I think that is something people should focus on. If you can find the right direction, your hard work will give you better results because you are now operating in the right direction for your career. So yeah. that is something that I would focus, and I would you know want people to focus on.
0: Yeah, that's so true. I really like your aspect of giving back to the society and the same comes to you. I really like that that thought you have. So uh, tell, tell us about any three piece of advice for a 20-year-old who is currently uh, opting to do MBA in future.
1: Uh, okay, so here's where I am at pushy with this. If I was a 20-year-old, I would not want to take advice from a 26-year-old
0: yeah. on what I should,
1: do, should be doing. So uh, I would say this, it's not advice. It's just some, uh, It's it's my thoughts. Take it or leave it. It's completely up to you. Chart your own path. It's completely fine to do what you want to do and fail at it and then try again and be fine with it. So that's that's one, that's a disclaimer I would want to put up. Uh, but if I were to say, if I were to give, you know, three points of my own thoughts on it, I'd, I'd say uh, have a lot of conversations with people. I think conversations are critical. Do not block someone out just because you do not agree with them. Yeah. I think uh, we've built walls around ourselves which, you know, prevent us from now having a conversation with anyone with a differing opinion. I think that's not the right way to go. You need to have differing different opinions to understand what could be the right opinion, okay? And there's no one right answer to a lot of problems that you're going to face in life. So having diverse opinions, even the ones that do not completely agree with your current mindset is critical and important. So that will be my first thought. Uh, my second thought would be take risks. Do not worry too much or do not think that, you know, this is going to hamper my career long term and everything. I doesn't mean take unnecessary risk, but take take risks when you have to. Calculated from risk, fi- Yeah. Calculated risk. yeah. So switching from finance to marketing was a risk, but I took it because I think that is what I needed for my career to grow and what I wanted to do in life. Had I not taken that risk and I would probably a, uh, work consistently in consulting or finance, I'd probably not know what I want to do and you know, I don't know how that would have turned out but I certainly wouldn't have been as happy as I am today because this is something I wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, it's a risk I took and I got to it and I stuck with it. Uh, which brings me to the final point. Once you've taken up something, once you've taken a risk, you need to give it due time. Um, there were a lot of occasions when I thought maybe I should not continue with this. Let's find another path. But you know, sticking with it, continuing with the its it focus, and you know, giving it its due shot is important. Now, mm-hmm. I don't mean if you are into something really toxic, you need to continue there. You should not. You should step out of that place immediately. But mm-hmm. if it is not, if that's not the case, and if the if the challenge is that you are not understanding things right now, or you are facing some issues with you know, what you are doing right now, I think keep at it. And eventually things will work out. You will figure your way out of it. You will find something great happening to you. And um, see, um, every bad patch you will hit mm-hmm. will, will at some point come to an end. Okay? It might not come to an end in a month. It might not come to an end in three months. It might take a year also. But you will get out of it. And whenever you hit the good patch, you will then realize that a lot of learning that you got from going through that rough patch is now helping you to, you know, operate even better in the smooth patch that you have. So once you've gone through something difficult and rough, I think when when times are better, you'll do a lot better than, you know, people who've not gone through that rough patch. So stick with what you've done, stick with, continue along and, and give it due time. And I think you should be doing really well in life. And uh, your own benchmark, you, you should be your own benchmark more than anybody else. So... Um, uh, set your own goals and targets and benchmark yourselves on those goals rather than, you know, looking at other people and thinking about, you know, what those goals are, their goals are and everything. I know it sounds very preachy and trust me, it is very normal to feel a little jealous and, you know, about, oh, yeah, that person is doing so well. Why am I not doing it? It's completely normal. I'm not, I'm not saying that this is not going to happen. This will happen a lot of times. Okay, it still happens to me sometimes. But what I tell myself is that I have set my own benchmarks. Yeah. As long as I follow my own benchmarks, I think I'm okay. And I think that's that's all you need to think about. Don't shut out the thoughts that you might get that you, when you feel, when you look at someone because it's important to confront those thoughts. Yeah. What is more important is confronting them and then moving on from them to your own benchmarks again. You know, deviations are fine, but as long as you stick to the same path, you should be okay and, and, and focused toward the direction you want to be in. Yeah
0: those are great piece of advices thanks for sharing Akash
1: don't call these advices please I don't think anybody is going to listen to them if you call them advices these are just my thoughts on what how people should go about
0: yeah that's amazing Um, so Akash where do you see yourself in the next five years like um, you you see yourself as a corporate um, climbing above your corporate ladder or um personal growth wise in both ways i want to know where do you
1: see yourself i think in a world where the world changes every six months and you don't know what is going to happen it's very difficult to project or you know predict what where where you will be five five years down the line yeah Uh, so i'd like to keep i would like to think this way that i i honestly don't know where i will be five years down the line What I know is the benchmark I've set for myself of what I want to be in five years, uh, which is not personal, which is not exactly related to, you know, uh, it, it doesn't have to be at one particular place. It doesn't have to be at one particular role. It doesn't have to be in one particular situation. It's just something that I've set, which is agnostic to all those factors that might change in the next five years. So I look at benchmarks, which are more to my own personal growth rather than anything else. Because my personal growth. Yes, yes.
0: Please
1: continue. Yeah. Uh, so because my personal growth can happen in any direction. So uh, that is what I focus on. But I'd say this: uh, uh, having a long-term goal is great, but mm-hmm. you can't plan for a long-term, you know, goal because it's you need to keep a lot of space for deviations to happen. But as long as you're in the same direction, you should be able to reach your destination. And that's all I think about. So I think that I have that long-term goal in mind on where I want to be. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't know what path I might choose. I just know that that is where I want to be. And eventually, I think I'll find my way around, You know, and be, if not exactly there, then at least close to where I want to be. Yeah, that's that's
0: very true. Like you should be, you know, that's very great answer to Tell you don't know where you will be in the next five years because you should be ready to accept the surprises which life throws on you absolutely and okay tell us about your views on relationship currently you are single right so in the future <laughs> where do you see like having a partner to have with you
1: i feel I, okay so um I am currently single, uh, but that me, but that is out of my own choice. Um, till I find someone who's who I can who I can gel well with and uh, be with uh, and who I enjoy company with, I don't really want to get into a relationship uh, just for the sake of it. I think it's very unhealthy for the other pa- other person as well as for me to be in a relationship where I am not completely vested or and uh, focused on. Uh, my last relationship was quite frankly, amazing. And I really enjoyed my time uh, in that that relationship. Uh, My partner constantly helped me in being a better person. And, uh, you know, whatever she's, uh, a lot of what I am today is because of, you know, the support that I got from her in a very dark patch of life that I was going through. Uh, I completely do not believe in the idea that, you know, your work takes you away from uh the people you people you want to be with i think that's that's not necessarily true in fact it's the other way around it, it it should it should ideally push you more because why else are you doing what you're doing like it's to have a good life right and if you are not going to have a good life then what is the point of doing what you're doing so i feel like uh, uh the time i had with in my last relationship was great pushed me to be a better person pushed me to be better even uh professionally because it kind of once when you're at ease with your personal life is when you can do a lot better in your professional life so mm-hmm. that was that that person really helped me and you know being being a lot better and I'd say uh, how I look at it or where I look at it going forward I don't know to be very honest like how, how I, I'm not in a position to be able to predict where my personal uh, professional life is heading let alone my personal life so uh, I, I like to keep things open I like to uh, meet people, and I try like to. And, and if I do meet someone who I can gel well with, and I have that same understanding again, then yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's a normal course of life. We are uh, very social beings. We mm-hmm. operate in a very social environment, and it's it's, it's completely uh, okay to be in a relationship and to pursue your goals. And and even the yeah, and and the same goes for the partner also. I mean, uh, and and rather than thinking that your goals are going to take you into different directions, you should focus on. How you can push each other into the direction that you want to go into, and uh, together grow. Uh, it's not about that one person or me or my growth. It's about together growing as uh, in, a, in a relationship yeah. uh, and growing together. Uh, so yeah, that's that's how I would look at it. Uh, growing all together is, as the old old saying goes, is what I would look at and I or I would want. But yeah, let's see. Yeah,
0: definitely. That's uh, very amazing to interact with you today. I'm so glad to have you on my podcast, Akash. And thanks for coming Thank
1: and sharing your Thank experience you so with much us. for having me on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I wish you luck with your podcast and I hope you and your listeners do really well in life. And please reach out if there's any questions or if, if you need any advice. Or if you just want someone to listen to your rant, that's also okay.
0: So my audience can reach out to you by LinkedIn? Yes. I really enjoyed our conversation and I hope everybody looking forward to climbing up in the corporate ladder would definitely find this podcast helpful. Thanks, Akash.
1: Thank you, Khudi.